This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Teachers Well. Teachers Well empowers educators with the skills and resources to lead school wellbeing initiatives that are responsive to the wellbeing and learning needs of all students. One of the resources Teachers Well offers is the Compass Journal, which is designed to support the wellbeing of teachers throughout the school year. The Teachers Well Compass puts weekly strengths-based reflective prompts and a series of systems-aware collaborative tools in your hands that you can put directly into practice. And the best thing, the Compass is date-free, meaning you can pick it up and use it at any time during the school week or the school year. You can purchase a Compass by visiting teacherswell.com. We want to thank Teachers Well for sponsoring this episode. Their founders are a pretty cool team. Hello and welcome to the Wagtails podcast. My name is Megan Corcoran and I'm the director of the Wagtail Institute. In this podcast, I invite some pretty cool people to come and have a conversation with me on all things trauma, healing, education and well-being. I started this podcast as I realised some of the biggest learning that has happened in my career has been through meeting really great people that are working in the field and having great conversations with them. In this episode, I am joined by Matt Rad, a boxing coach and advocate for healthy masculinity and mental health. We talk about a lot in this episode, the importance of movement, connection and vulnerability, solitude and nature. You'll get a lot out of this one. We hope you enjoy listening. All right, welcome to the 13th episode of The Wagtails. I'm really excited this morning. I've actually got a good friend, Matt, in the studio. Welcome, Matt. Good morning. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the... Uh your homely vibe and thank you so much for having me i've listened to your ones previously and like knowing you like i'm sitting here going what am i doing here <laughs> but thank you so much for extending this opportunity it's uh, this is really special for me oh i'm so excited yeah, and to be honest every time i host i'm like what am i doing here <laughs> <laughs> awesome good so yeah you're definitely um on the same vibe as me which is great cool um so matt who is matt why are you here who's matt as i said to you before like you know when you're pre-plan answers i was yep. like nah just let it go let the reins go yep. see what happens in this room in your space who is matt this chapter this chapter of matt at 37 um is two feet in a heartbeat i think it's i'm just in a place where i look at previous versions or chapter what i call chapters of myself and gone okay that was done I've grown or something's changed and now I'm just in such a place of curiosity and like the more the older I get the more I realize how little I know mm. which is like the most beautiful thing to own and be like dude I don't, I don't know like we're humans we're eight billion of us on the planet built with a highly complex body and mind that we don't know how to operate like we don't know the answers we don't know what we don't know and I love the fact that once I was okay with that uh and embraced that put aside ego and pride and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I put my hand up first. I, go, I don't know this. Like Curiosity, lead the way. Like I'm two feet in a heartbeat. I'm here. Like, mm. what, what you got? Megs, what you got? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's Matt as I sit here today, I think. Yeah, um, awesome. There's a heavy interest and passion for obviously things that you love, like mental health and well-being, you know, societal, planetary health and stuff like that. But yeah. right now... That's me, two feet and a heartbeat, 37, curious. Yeah, I love that Joyous. so much. <laughs> joy, it's like childlike joy. Yeah, You know, yeah. that freedom to, free to be kind of vibe. Just, I'm here, let's go. 
Yeah, yeah. love that. Cool. And I know since we've met as well, you've had some like pretty big changes around what you're doing with your life and yourself as well, which is really cool yeah, to see. I had the iconic, um, I, don't, I don't know what you call midlife crisis, but like last 12 nah, months. No, you're going to live like double 37. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to on that. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. If that's me, cool. <laughs> I think, yeah, I had the, everyone kind of when you touch base in these kind of raw conversations, like people have had significant things in their lives. So we all experience it. But last 12 months have been my significant chapter of, of a, a lot of things and i did um everything looks different to what it was like we were just laughing about being north side versus south side <laughs> together um i was yeah i was corporate government job i was 70 hours a week i was two mm. to three jobs at a time mm. i was um chasing a life that i don't even relate to anymore i don't even know how i sold myself into that but now like i just laugh at myself going because I'm in this free space now, pivoting out of that, I just like, yeah, I needed to go through all that. And the um, the changes that have occurred in such what feels like a short time, like 12 months out of a life, especially now, like mm. it feels like a blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so a lot of things have happened, which can make flow out of this conversation. But yeah. 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 So everything looks completely different, yeah. but it's the most beautiful thing ever. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is we met like a bit over 12 months ago. So like I met you and you were in that corporate thing, yeah. but we met through boxing, which you yes. know, is cool. So I finally get to talk to someone about boxing <laughs> Another on <boxer>. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is all about boxing. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, it was interesting because that's like, you know, I met you just probably a few months before some big turning points happened mm. for you as well. So, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. That was about mid-year last year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I was working at um, a water authority you know corporate job six days a week it's all the work you could ever do so i'm like a labrador to food bowl with work well i was uh, and i would just do too much and then i was working with tribute boxing because i love boxing i love a sense of helping people and mental health but i always push that aside saying that was not a real job that was just my hobby that's like my little passion but the adult job for the, all the numbers and the big you mm. know the big things in life like that's the water authority and then, um, yeah, when I met you last year, I was in a quite a really unhealthy place with work and approach to it because I lost sense of self and I thought my sense of worth was coming through work and yeah. what I could do. Yeah. And I was in the complete wrong industry for that, for my personality. And I burnt, I burnt out mid-year, um, ended up in hospital because I just neglected myself mm. so much. I was working from like 4 a.m. to like 7 or 8 p.m., six days a week, and then Sunday compress all my social... Mm. life into that as well and there's no that's not sustainable we're humans we, we just can't run on that forever yeah um, if there's a time and place in life and cost for knuckling down and biting down on our mouth guards we do it and we can get through it but long term there's got to be more um, self-awareness and respect to ourselves and go there's boundaries so i'm learning a lot but you met me when i was quite chaotic in that space neglected myself ended up in hospital and then four weeks later my mum passed from cancer and then a week later or about 10 days after her her mum my grandmother passed from, mm. from a stroke so you know in about a six-week patch my life just kind of went whoosh, yeah. and I was just like wow okay everything I had as a priority everything I felt connected to means it could have just been like dust it meant nothing after that mm. which was the beautiful part of things I had to experience to to open this door for me and then I ended up resigning from um the government water authority role, the corporate industry, which was beautiful because I look back on it now and go, that gave me so many transferable skills 
Yeah. It gave me so many beautiful humans in that industry, which I'm still very much friends with today. Um, and it also gave me this, a setup to sort of move forward in other roles. So like the transferable skills are probably the biggest thing about communication, about talking, about written skills and stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot I took out of that world, but I, I reckon from 2018, I started to have that kind of bubbling intuition underneath of, oh, I'm built for more. Mm. Not sure what it was. I actually tried to resign and then handed in the res- resignation. Two weeks later, my boss was like, you know, can you stick around? You sure you want to leave? And I kind of, you know, I fell back into it and was like, yeah, which I fortunate because it gave me a very different pandemic experience to a lot of people. Mm, it gave true. me constant work. It gave me security. It gave me connection through the digital Zoom meetings and all that kind of jazz. But yep. when I look at all that, it was all my experience in that was very beautiful. I'm very grateful for that. Now I'm in a place where I can solely pour all of my attention and effort into mental health with boxing. Um, and in the three months that I've fully adapted to that or pursued it, it's I'm being inundated with opportunities and the beautiful people are just, I feel like the universe is just pouring me into a, like this chemical bubble bath of beauty. It's just like this <laughs> crazy thing. Like, But it just shows me that when you lean into certain, when you lean into fear and, and those kind of like situations, mm. that it you do land on your feet. Yeah. You know? It doesn't like that's the thing we don't know what it's going to look like that's why it gives us the fear because we're so used to a safety net and the yeah. safety bubble especially of corporate world but when you really lean into stuff and you show up genuinely or authentically we don't need to worry about it like it'll things happen yeah not how we expect or maybe think but it happens and that's the beauty of navigating that yeah yeah so it's been a 12 months um for sure it feels when i reflect on it it's like it feels like about 12 days but it also <laughs> feels like a year yeah so yeah. Yeah. you met me at a very interesting time but now sitting with you and like hanging out having coffee and like talking like i feel like i'm coming out of um i'm coming out of my shell yeah 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 you speak with like such a it's an interest that you're very interesting around all of this because you speak with a lot of like gratitude for your experiences even though some of your experiences have been really really hard like is it <laughs> Well, I'm just curious about that. Is that like a work? Is that something you practice? Is that like a yes. work in progress that you have to yeah. apply to that? Spot on. And immediately I'm like, Ugh. like you got me off guard because I don't take compliments at all. So I love <laughs> and appreciate you so much. Um, conscious effort is being middle-aged white man. Um, my psych, who I see weekly, um, he's an amazing guy. He helps me so much. He's helped me through this. He's such a foundational pillar in my life. Um, he calls me out harshly, which mm-hmm. I, which was what I gave him the reins to do. And, and he's like, you don't talk to yourself very well. Mm-hmm. He's like your narrative to yourself internally, let alone anything else, let alone the pot, what I call posturing. Cause it's like we mask to society, yep. the real us. So posturing, it's like, I'm not boxing. So yeah. posture up <laughs> yeah. and like, he was yeah. like, you need to really, we, he goes, you might want to look into that. <laughs> yeah so it what is a you, work in progress so sure. one of my yeah. priorities was my yeah. language because mm-hmm. um and how to express things how to identify things and how i want to express them verbally uh physically like all, my being so i take a lot i try to put a lot of effort into how i speak yeah, yeah. Uh, i like to you choose the right words uh and not default to like and this is just me personally like just cursing yeah, cursing yeah. for me like because I was an ex-tradie I've uh, been in boxing and the music industry it's quite easy just to and this is just my opinion just to throw out words that so they're kind of thoughtless and it just comes across abrasive sometimes so I've, I want to be more there's more to me than 
than that. So I'm really, there's a lot of active effort in how I speak. Yeah. Um, I try to use a really expressive language. Sometimes it makes me like nervous and giddy, like to say words like beautiful and gorgeous and like real descriptive, wholesome, Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. Put it out there as a, as a fully covered tattoo man that plays drums in hardcore bands and boxes and all this kind of crazy stuff. Like I'm a soft guy. Mm. I'm a soft human being. I love, love the world embracing that we've all got that. So I, there's a lot of conscious effort in how I speak. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I use words that don't mean what I think they mean. But it's like, that's the clunkiness and that's what I'm embracing. I, yeah, yeah. I just try to make an active effort with language. And I love that though, because so many people are scared of being vulnerable and actually saying what they're really feeling, you mm, know, same. and like we cover it up and we try and be tough. So same. it's actually and really nice to hear it and see it happening. Yeah, to untangle that, that kind of, you know, that conditioning that we've all sort of, well, not all, but I've, bought into somehow i don't even remember where when i reflect on it but i bought into a conditioning and to be vulnerable is scary but like the minute i open the door like i said before once the lights are turned on you i can't turn it back on or back off pardon me so leaning into vulnerability and embracing that unknown is like perfect mm, like yep. that's that's what i have to lead with yeah so and i want it other men especially of any age group whether it be the older generations like my dad who i try and break these conversations down with and i've got different language coming out of him because of that yeah or it's high school kids uh or younger like my little nephew and i'm like we're, we're just talking openly um that it's okay to it's completely fine to express exactly whatever's going on and however you need to do it like there's no need to feel silly there's no need to hold ourselves back like let it go let it go dude like once I let it go, it's a domino effect. You let it go, the next person lets it go. And the next minute, we've taken a situation of, it could be a momentary passing in a cafe or a coffee in your kitchen. <laughs> and we've taken it from 30% to 70% because we're just free to be. It's like, if we can drop those barriers, it's scary. But if we can learn to untangle them over time, test the waters and just get comfortable, it's beautiful. Things are brighter. There's more colors in the palette. Yeah, you I know, love that. You know, I've yeah. pictures with limited color tones and it looks like something, like it's limited. Mm-hmm. You know, it's grays, it's, you know, blacks and whites. And then opening up, it's like, oh, cool, oxide colors. There's blues, there's greens, there's reds. It's like, this is vi- yellows, it's vibrant. Now we've got a situation and I've got memories with you in your kitchen having a coffee, giggling. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's just, a be- it's just a beautiful moment. Yeah. Take a moment. I just, again, I feel like if I can walk into any situation or, or, or moment and make it as beautiful as I can that's the goal like what impact can I have here for myself and someone else impact of ego so not how how do I think I'm looking how do I come across it's it's what impact can I get in here mm-hmm. so remove the ego side of it which is the vulnerability maybe the fear that that, that kind of stuff so yeah for sure just just trying it's a daily effort yeah but lean into it yeah, and I know yeah. now you're doing quite a bit of work with like men or like young men, teenagers yes. as well. So yeah. I'm curious about what that looks like because, I mean, we can um, box with young men. Like, you know, we can get them boxing and that's yeah. that's one thing. Um, but I know that you're trying to blend a bit around ma- masculinity and, and how we show up as yeah. well. So I'm curious about that. 100%. Like this is, for me, it's all the internal work that I'm doing on myself. It's like, well, if I'm doing it and I'm recognizing it, what am I in a close friends and family experience and what are their experiences surely i'm not alone in this right like because i thought for years that i was mm. um like we probably all do we yeah. just go oh, i'm probably the only one you know feel silly or whatever 
And I said, once you start just letting these moments of connective conversations come out, you realize that oh, my best mate's feeling like this or my dad's feeling like this or yeah. someone on the other side of the world on my social media that I haven't seen in years is feeling like this. Like, I want to f- really fix, well, not fix, that's not the right language. I want to really grow as a man mm-hmm. and I really want others to do that. So if I'm going to be... Um, if I'm going to be a light for someone, like a beacon, and just go, hey, I've got to be completely vulnerable. And I think doing that, my vehicle for this realm is boxing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my mm-hmm. thing. That's yeah. my vehicle for this message. <clears throat> and and it's it's the thing that's helping me get through it. Because it's such, like we know, from mm-hmm. the outlook, it looks like an aggressive masculine sport. But you get into it, it's such a beautiful finesse. It's such a gentle, composed environment once yeah. you get into it. And the, yeah. the beauty of watching men and women of all ages wrap up for the first time, put gloves on, is like the most heartwarming thing. And you can see how addictive that sport is. Mm, if I, so addictive. That's, oh, yes. <laughs> so my vehicle is boxing and then for the greater side of that movement, like just moving our bodies, yeah, is the most we're supposed to, we're human beings. Um, that's my vehicle for these messages of, especially to men at the moment in my mind is just how I see society. If we could go on a tangent about the patriarchy, I, I'm so <laughs> frustrated with it and I don't know much about it. Like I know what I know about it, but it, like, I'm not like fully across it, but I just, what I know of it, I'm so disappointed and, yeah. and it really stirs up those challenging emotions for me to sit with of frustration and that elevates to anger mm. um, because it's I see it running people's lives I see it ruining situations in the, in the world and it makes women small and it makes men small in that as well mm-hmm. and yeah for I, sure. we just watch it people just fall in line and carry that trend and yeah. it's hard to break but we need every person has the the right to our own choice and how we respond and go I'm not I know this now I'm not going to do it so if I can have these chats to um, kids in primary school or high school about f- being self-aware in their emotions and going, what is it? And then they go, oh, my tummy feels funny or my legs feel like they're buzzing. I'm like, all right, cool. W- what's that? Oh, um, are you uncomfortable? Like, what's, are you nervous? Are you happy? And then they think about it and then they're like, oh, yeah, oh, this happened. Oh, the teacher told me off or like something's happening at home or my friends are bullying me, left me out. And then they can really sort of untangle and work back mm. that and just talk about it freely. I'm like, cool, dude. So now you know that and now you know the physical feeling. How you feeling? And they're like, oh, yeah. It's like, cool, dude. Yeah. Rounds on. Yeah. Double jab cross. Let's go. Like, you know, <laughs> and then you get them back into it through boxing. And yeah. after the duration of the session, like they leave, everyone just needs a flush out of emotion because we're built with them. We can't avoid them. Embrace them. That's the beauty of humans. We get to yeah. experience and feel these things. Yeah. We kind of just need to know what to do with it once they're there. And most like the the mental component is one part and the physical because they just ruminate in the body physically. Move your body. Just move. Walk. Shadow mm. box. Yeah. Just do something. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You don't have to go to burpees. You don't have to do anything wild, run ultra marathons. Just move. <laughs> go for a walk around your neighborhood. See the flowers. See your, Wave to your neighbors. Wave to strangers. Yeah. Like in all weather. Don't just do it when the sun's yeah. out. I love. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. I love winter and I love autumn because I feel like I can, I feel the elements more mm. and Mother Nature looks different in that realm. And yep. there's nothing better than feeling rain or the cold air. It's a different sensory thing. Yeah. And yep. I feel like that's a really good thing to be exposed to as well. So just move. 
But in terms of the the message for men, boxing is going to is my vehicle to get through it and really penetrate, and then get them to open up. And from there, it's just connecting dots about where they need to go. So identified in ourselves, and if they go, oh yeah, I'm happy to talk right now, or I don't talk to my partner or my family mm, like this. Yep. Cool, dude. You know, I'm not a professional in any sense. You know, I'm just here to connect dots. Like if you're open to it, I'll keep talking to you. Um, if you then want to know about getting more professional help, <clears throat> I can plant that seed. You can run with that. You know, so there's psychologists, there's council workers, there's men's groups. There's like a plethora of places. If I can just be that beacon and a bit of a connecting dots piece for boxing for men. Yeah. That's my, that's where I want to actively put the time I have right now. Yeah. And I'm so passionate. Like I'm, my skin's tingling right now because I get so it, it just fires me up and I'm like, that feeling alone means that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's so, so cool. And this is yeah. like one part of a huge component, like the attacking this for men with men to show mm. them that there's hope and help. Yeah. I don't know what that hope and help looks like to everybody. Yeah, But yeah. you and I, two people to figure out is better than one sitting in our own head. Yeah, and I've done sure. that for many years and I've done it in detrimental ways of, uh, I threw myself into an addiction to work. Mm. I threw myself into addiction of being busy, masking, yeah. Um, even when I embraced that I had, uh, a mental health challenge of panic attacks. So after 30, I had severe panic attacks, like 12 a day. I'd used mm. to, um, be working in a corporate industry, um, burning the candle at all ends and in the middle and then burning that again. Yeah. Um, and then I was just experiencing panic attacks all the time, refused to believe it was mental health. Mm. I was like, I used to run ultras, I boxed, I played drums, I've, my body's, breaking down it's physical yeah so i'd go to the yeah. emergency room you know sit there they'd be like you're all right dude go home and i'm like okay like just because i'm wiped out now then i come back the next day same emergency room oh wow yeah, yeah. and i did this for maybe six to eight months wow yeah yeah i used to take my work to there i used to sit yeah. in the emergency room with a laptop and wow. just do my work oh, think wow. i was having a heart attack because i was my you know panic attacks yeah. if anyone's experienced them I am, um, I'm right there with you. Like they're so, they're internal earthquakes. Mm. They're so terrifying because we don't know what's up. Yeah. And yep. we naturally think it's a physical yeah. response. Yeah. So. What's the body telling you, right? You know? It's like trying it's, to. Yeah. Trying to, <laughs> it's trying to go, yeah. hey dude, slow down. <laughs> yeah. Take a minute. But so going through the panic attack stuff, I refused to accept. Well, I didn't actually, I didn't even know, mm. to be honest, about mental health. Yeah. And I had a generic old gp probably mm. north of 70 mm -hmm. dusty old suit handwritten the old medicare slot card thing no, yeah. no digital stuff and i went in and i'm like this is what's happening the hospitals just keep sending me back and he's like here take this you'll be fine it was valium <laughs> yeah straight off the bat no questions asked yeah. like, take this and here's a never-ending sort of script with it and i was like cool this brings it from a 10 to like a three i can still function yeah. And the funny thing about Valium is it does chill you out, but it's you still get the thoughts. You yeah. still get the whole mental game. Yeah. It just slows the, the body down. The alarm's just not going So I'm still anymore. having an earthquake. Yeah. It's just a real chill. Yeah. And I was like, that's when I started to go, I'm still in a problem here. Yeah. I'm. This hasn't fixed it. Yeah. It just means I can function in it. Yeah. And I like, even though I could function in it anyway, like having a panic attack, I got so well at masking and pretending that I could have it in front of people and be completely fine people wouldn't know mm. so your heart rate's like 180 i'm dizzy the glittery eye because you're oxygen deficient numb legs like hands are numb and i'm still just like hey how you doing like yeah 
it just got very well at masking it. Yeah. So getting yep. through to a um a Valium sort of area with it, I was on that heavily for two years. I was mm. rotating because obviously you can't have them so often. I was just jumping chemists to keep getting them. Yeah. And that was my that's where my crutch and I started to use that as a functioning mechanism yeah, and still doing the crazy stuff with work. So I had this, I created this really unhealthy environment, but noticed after a few years, I was exhausted mentally from just this yep. little rat wheel of running. And I'm like, I think I've got to find, I need to figure out something else. What's going on? So yep. I, then I started to see a psychologist and it's credit to my big sister um, who I love dearly, who's probably the most significant. I'm actually going to cry. You're more than welcome. No, I love it. I love it because, like, I love her so much. Yeah. Um. She was like, when she found out, she was like, "Dude, you can't. You got to got to stop. Yeah. You got to get off this." And I'm like, "Cool, cool, cool." Like, yeah. She was like that. She still is that for me. Yeah. She's so that. she like broke that circuit for you massively. She yeah. planted that seed and gave me the key to the door. Didn't yeah. open the door. That's my job. Yeah. But she's yeah. like, "Hey, we what you're doing is quite. I'm really worried." Yeah. So, um. I then went to the psychologist, weaned, I went cold turkey off the Valium, which is probably not the greatest thing. Uh, but it was like, I, if I can deal with everything else, I can deal with the, the washout. Yeah. And then from there, learned about panic attacks, anxiety, everything I could about how I functioned and operated. And that was 2015. So eight years into what I look at as like an organic fight with it. Mm. And it's a daily thing, but it's it's the most beautiful experience to understand myself connect with myself, learn about myself, like, you know, and catch yourself in these things. But I couldn't do it without um, the right people. So going to see a psychologist, yeah. putting my hand up first and foremost, going, no, nah, I can't do this on my own. I need help. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then once I did that, as I said before, the plethora of my friends and family and just clients of boxing. Yeah. And just like, I'm the same. And then next minute, I'm like, it's just the human thing. We're all... We'll have yeah, struggles, sure. we'll, especially men, we don't like putting our hands up. We're actually actively holding our hands down, you know? Yeah. Like that's the thing. Yeah. So I've taken us on a huge tangent, but circling <laughs> <No>. back, this <laughs> is, if, if people can look at whatever I'm doing and I can relate, okay, look, help, there's help and hope. I don't know yeah. what it is. I'll help you find it. I, let's yeah. go. Like boxing's that vehicle. And uh, that's one part of this whole a picture that I'm, tr- I'm trying to let happen for my life. And the beauty of it is it's the work that will never be done. So it can look like whatever. Mm. It might be boxing for now. It might be a targeted chapter in my life with youth. And then I'm passionate about the, the senior age brackets because mm. I think there's a large part of them that find loneliness and they have their own experiences. Community is a huge thing. And they still, that generation, because I look at my dad and I love my dad wholeheartedly and the relationship we have is they never have had the opportunity we have with these conversations yeah for their sure. generation was yeah a lot different a lot Very. more rigid a lot more limited yeah so they're still operating in those worlds like 60 70 years in yeah so and much I've, trapped inside them yeah, yeah. and yeah. Like, there's other ways to live and yeah. if we can just put some more space in their day through a conversation like that's an area i think i need to just walk in and go hey I'm here for whoever needs it. And again, if I can put you in gloves at 70 or 80. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to happen. Like that's, I'm going to put that yeah, in anyway yeah. because yeah. 
like I can rabbit hole about the benefits of boxing purely from a biomechanical sense of yeah. like neuroplasticity, the, mm. the coordination, the mental like left and right sides of the brain. Like I yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see it. Like it's such. Oh, there's there's so much. There's so much about boxing. Boxing yeah. saves. It's classic. Saves more lives than it takes. Mm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and this is the irony of it. Oh, yeah, it's so like beautiful. it's so misunderstood. It's oh, so misunderstood. It's, I wish everybody ever could just do yeah. a couple of rounds. Yeah. Even just shadow boxing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a meditative practice when you get I love that you said even just shadow boxing, but I feel like shadow boxing is so vulnerable. It's the most vulnerable thing you can do in boxing. Even boxers don't like shadow boxing because they feel like (laughs) it's awkward. They get judged. Yeah, like it's easy to hide behind the gloves and the bag than it is to actually just vulnerably shadow boxing. Be free and be like, this is how I'm moving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's a a special place and it means a special thing to me and I want people to share that. And then we find out what that is for you. It might mm. be boxing. And if it is, excellent. We've got another boxer in the world. Yeah, Big yeah, fan. Yeah. But if it's meditation, if it's yoga, if it's walking, if it's knitting, if it's chess, if it's... Yeah. My goodness, you think of it. If that's your thing, scratch the surface and then let's get right into the, the depths of that rabbit yeah. hole for you. But there's help and hope. We'll figure what whatever yeah, that is. Yeah. We'll figure that out for you guys. Um, yeah. Men especially. That's mm. obvious. But like women need to be empowered they you mm. like being kept so small for so long mm. um it's something that i'm in, in my infancy of understanding yeah um the more i chat with my my women friends and like and like yourself like who are very transparent and freeing with your experiences and conversations like the more i just learn i go oh my goodness like this can we just champion women for the next lifetime like you guys just mm. i see the experience being kept so small for so long as being such a common narrative. And yeah. I'm like, that just makes me, it just breaks my heart, but it also makes me so frustrated. Yeah. So I'm like, if I can walk out there and be like, guys, we need to be better. Mm. Like, that's a non-negotiable. Mm. We don't know what we're doing, but we'll figure it out. First part is just turning up going, what can we do? Yeah. Is so That's where it's a, it's a big kind of concept, but if I can just put this out there to especially men, and it's easy to target the young ones at the moment because there's such with the social media stuff, with the amount of public figures out there that are not. Uh, from what I see, with trying not to judge too heavily, but I'm, I'm human, um, and not promoting the right things, I believe. Um, yeah. There's some obvious names, which we might all think of, but <laughs> the, if that's what young men are looking at, it's like, guys, there's another way. Yeah. There's other ways to be, there's other ways yeah. to operate. Please. It's a really interesting generation, I think, because I think I look at our generation and um, like, I'm only like a year younger than you. <laughs> um, and like, we weren't raised to like in school, like we didn't learn about like um, social intelligence and emotions. And like, it wasn't part of the curriculum. We didn't cover it. Our parents were that generation where you don't talk about it, toughen up. Yeah. And now this generation, like they're learning a lot more about it. So yes. they, they're learning about it and they're getting exposed to it. But then they do have these like really negative influences and they're growing up with social media, yes. which we didn't. Which we yes, were the, probably so... the last generation to not have it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. When, when did you get a phone? Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm always like delayed with this kind of stuff. I <laughs> 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 Sorry, um, for those that are just listening, <laughs> I just pointed at the fact that I'm filming Matt by holding my phone in a candle, <laughs> like an old candle. Um, so yeah, I'm not the most techie person. So I was always like kind of slow with this stuff, but I would have been in like year 11 or year 10 at school. Yeah. And it was like the old like Nokia 3315 or 10 yeah, or whatever. We could only yeah. make calls. We could only make texts. There was maybe yeah. snake. The dream phone, like you could swim with it in your pocket and go, whoops. And then like pull it apart. And like the next day what? it worked again. Yeah. 
Okay, wow. you obviously didn't do that. No, <laughs> I got a phone when I was like 16. It was like a third or fourth hand Nokia 51 brick. Oh, I don't know. Like, oh, yep, you yep. know, changeable cover, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, like we we were free to have a different yeah. childhood and like That's early, the thing, they're exposed adulthood. to everything right now. So I feel like there'd be a lot of conflict for them because they're like learning about like emotions and talking about it, 100%. but they're being exposed to toxic masculinity well, and there'd be like a lot of confusion going on in the head. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, it's like, which tools do I use right now, you know? Yeah, like the pendulum's gone so far the other way and I yeah. couldn't imagine growing up in this day and age and being that age exposed to everything in mm. your hand Yeah, and then having your friends in the same circle you, that's your little pool, that's your little environment, yeah. and there's no real direction there unless you've got that the beautiful um, network, whether it's family or guardian or, or older friends that can sort of support you. But yeah. if you're left to your own devices with that, it's a really, oh, yeah. my goodness, that's a challenge. Yeah. Like it's almost a real. And they don't get to switch off. Like we used to just go home from school and it's like, if you wanted to see a friend, it's like call their house phone. Landline. And then we'd be like, all right, I'm going to walk and meet you. And you just hope that you like timed it right. You know, yeah. you like yeah. walk to the park, meet them. Like, like hi, Mrs. Smith, is James yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. That, was, that was such a beautiful, reflecting on that, it was such a beautiful way to be. But it now, was, yeah. Now, like, yeah, they've just got, they're up against it. Um, yeah. And we're the generation that's kind of in the middle. Hey, like our But that's pet. why I'm curious about what you're doing. I think it's really cool because you're talking about older men as well. So that generation, like you're like the, the stop gap in the middle, you know, you're say, like, yeah, the way you said yeah, it before, it's like, yeah. we're the, we're the generation in the middle with the pickaxe that can break the ice mm. for the ones that follow us, but also the ones that were before us yeah. and be like, yeah. we can really, we can really close a lot of these distances. Yeah. In... And you won't know the difference you're making a lot of the time too. Like you won't hear about it. No. So I heard this really cool story from a friend recently where I recorded a podcast episode with someone who had a pretty vulnerable story. Like they shared a pretty deep yeah. story. And then um, it turns out his like father-in-law listened and then ended up sharing some like trauma that he'd had that he'd never told his wife about. And he was like 70 and he's like, all right, I'm ready to talk. And I was oh, just like, you, you just goodness. don't know these things. I only just heard about this. Um, that, so you just don't know what impact you're actually, you exactly. know, having by just modeling it. like Just you being know. you. Yeah. Like, or like genuinely, authentically just being you. Yeah. And that might, like that story in itself is like, that's perfect. That's yeah, it. Isn't exactly. Isn't that what we, yeah. what we should just be aiming for? Is like if I'm passing a stranger in a cafe or mm. on a street, like you, we don't know the impact that we can change, have on somebody for a momentary split second. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. it might just pick someone up just enough or it might just the downstream yeah. effect is we're just contributing to the world and each other instead of just taking from it all the time. yeah like that's a huge thing that i kind of try to focus on is what what am i bringing and like if you're floating through with your beautiful personality these podcasts these conversations and you float through a gym or you float down to your local farmer's market or, or the beach with those beautiful <laughs> people you're telling me about you just don't know do you yeah and, and that's the yeah. beauty of like we all kind of want to know because that's like it's nice, but it, I also like not knowing yeah, a lot that's of a things thing. now. Yeah, going, yeah. I'm not going to look back in the rearview mirror. Like if yeah, that's yeah. that's cool. Like, yeah, that's super warming. That whatever's happening is just good. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So just keep being ourselves in whatever space, and and hopefully the positivity is addictive and it just is infectious. Yeah, like, for sure. It's like like laughter. You you see someone, you see a couple or a person smiling. It's like that infectiousness. Yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of, yeah. So my attention right now on, on my time and my, my space and what I can actively choose to, to do is just 
I don't know, have these conversations. Mm. And yeah, as I said, there's men and women of all age groups that I want to just interact with. Yeah. Boxing is my vehicle. Yeah. For now, I'm looking forward to growing and see where that takes me. Um, because this doesn't look like a tra- this is going to be a traditional career that I've always looked mm. for. This is mm-hmm. just going to be a life walk. Like I'm just going to walk the earth and be like, oh, cool. It started off with a set of pads in Brunswick. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm now in, um, you know, I might now be in Japan. Yeah. Doing something, planting in a field somewhere, like doing some work. It's got conservation and having yeah, sanctuaries. Yeah, you never know. Who knows? Like yeah. it's, it's just let it. Let the rains go. Don't yeah. put any restrictions on it. And yep. as we said at the, sort of the start, once you start to explore this, these kind of moments with no expectations and no, not trying to force boundaries, like the universe will, will push us. I yeah. Think. And I believe it will yep. push us. And we, connecting to humans is where it scatters. And mm. yeah. You know. Yeah. Next minute you're living in Elwood going, I never thought. Of that. <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. thought I'd cross that river. <laughs> yeah, look at that. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, life's a beautiful, nice time. Right yeah, now. for sure. I kind of want to backtrack just a little bit though, because yeah. we're, ta- we're talking about the importance of like talking and sharing mm. and connecting. But I know for you, like, because yeah, I met you just over a year ago. You then like disappeared and like solo hiked for months as well. Yeah. Just want to dive into that a little bit because cool. I want to see what that was like for you and yeah. and what that brought up for you and you know like kind of the the process of just being so in solitude for yeah. so long as well. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> from a guy that, as I said, had a, a, got my self worth from what I could do for others and work. Yeah. To to resign from a job I'd been working full time since I was. 16 or so because um, I left high school um, to, as I said, the, the burnout, the double passing in the family. Um, I was also in a relationship, a new relationship, which I now look back and go was really detrimental for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, there's a lot of, what well, I feel like there's a lot of buzzwords out there now, like toxic and like words, that, if you're in that kind of pop psych world of looking at stuff like narcissism, I was in a, I was in a relationship that I shouldn't have been in. And I ignored my intuition for, for longer than I wish I had. Yep. But I needed to learn things through that in amongst all of these personal things. So the when I resigned from the jobs in um, September, the plan was just to, because my, fam- my family was in Tasmania, my mum and grandmother, um, was to go there uh, with my partner and just hike. And we, there's nothing like putting yourself in the smallest environment with someone that maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> And spent all day, every day hiking. Yeah. Didn't last very long. Yeah. And then um, I stayed in Tasmania and I was there from, I was there till June this year. Mm. So in amongst that, I was renovating mum's house with my sister and our family and just kind of tying up that kind of part, that chapter with her, which was beautiful. So I yeah. had that there. But then I was spending days on end, just walk hiking, hours climbing Tasmania's looks like a small state but it's probably offers them it's like a giant adults playground yeah there's like 430 something mountains the top 158 are like classified as the ables and that is a bit of a thing to go climb these ables but um for me it was just to walk and be out in nature so i've always run and Mm. gravitating to now knowing what i need and i'm still trying to figure that out one of the things i need in life is mother nature i need to be outside um exploring whether it's walking running climbing swimming all year round, that's something that I need to make active time to pursue. 
um, alongside music and alongside movement. So those are my three M's. Uh, they're my things that regulate me and keep me as yeah, Matt. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah, so that keeps me as Matt if yeah. I have those three I love that things. they're all M's as well. That's, that's a cute little thing. <laughs> Thank you, universe. <laughs> but yeah, Tassie was, once I started to, to walk and hike, it was like, okay, you can do like a mountain a day, a couple of hours. Um, some you could do two or three a day. And some you like have to walk five days to find and then climb it mm. and then, you know, walk back. So once you start doing this, it's quite addictive. And I had, I'm very grateful for the work career that I had that allowed me to take this time for myself and do and not have to worry about um, societal stuff. And like I did get rid of my house and I whittled my possessions down and put them all in a, like I did that whole 180 tail, like mm. tail flip of, of life and went, I don't want anything right now. Mm-hmm. Nothing means anything. I'm pretty minimalistic anyway. Yep. I think I've been naturally... Um, whittling down to this sort of lifestyle. Yeah. It's finding what need versus want is a huge thing for me. I always try to look at that and what I'm looking for and go, do I need it or do I just want it? Mm. And that's anything. But yeah, for to sure. be in Tassie, walking and hiking and climbing and experiencing stuff, the stuff I've seen and felt out there on my own, like every everybody should spend, whether it's an overnight or whether it's a day walk on your own, Drive yourself somewhere mm-hmm. that you're not used to going. It doesn't have to be crazy nature. It might be the city if you're not from the city, if you're from regional or somewhere. Take yourself somewhere on your own, be in your own company. Mm. Fill that out, see what that looks like. And if that's, you'll find parts of yourself in that. And it's going to be challenging. But I think the more you lean into this stuff, the more we learn about ourselves. Mm. And I, by doing that, like I had a fear of heights. I'd be the sort of person that'd be on like a, a, an apartment <laughs> Um, balcony. Yeah. I can stand on the edge, but like I had full vertigo. I was like stiff as a wow. brick, and I'm like, you know, not great. And next yeah. minute, you know, only by daily efforts was like climbing, like bouldering, no ropes, no safety nets, no nothing. Like yeah. Just scrambling straight up and yeah. being like, yeah, if you fall, dude, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. And like really being the sensory overload, being like, okay, slow movements, yeah. controlled, because boxing, running. I was going to say, it's very similar, right? You know, well, it it's like is. conquering that fear, like yeah. getting uncomfortable and pushing yeah. through it. 100%. Like, you yeah. know that that's the environment you're putting yourself in actively. Yeah. So it's on you. It's yeah. your fault. Suck it up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But boxing and, and any of the other sort of sporting realms or running, such a high-paced mm, they environment. Are. Yeah. Climbing really was the ultra opposite. And yeah. that's what really... I really gravitated towards was it something I'd never done a slowed down in life. Mm. So you can't actively do that stuff fast. It's four points of contact, three at best. You've got to be calculated about your next move because if you don't, you fall, you're in trouble. Yeah. And you're out there on your own. Like I, you, you do get the appropriate safety gear, which I invest in like satellite phones and GPS and, and stuff. So if I fell, but like that's not a, an instant given. No. Like it could be yeah. 24 hours before they yeah, come and yeah. get you. And if you yeah. break something or you're unconscious, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so you really need to respect yeah. where you are. And yeah. I do respect the land I walk through um, for many reasons. Um, but ultimately, slowing down to such a slow pace made me slow down internally. Mm. And I had to sit with these emotions. I had to sit with the good and the bad, which came up daily. Like if I thought about mum or my grandmother, or if I thought about the fear of, oh, I just left a safe corporate job. Like, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. my God. And then you're like, yeah. What good is panicking when you're in the most beautiful place right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You really, okay, just stop, pump the brakes, sit in it, it'll pass. Yeah. Hey, movement, walk it out, keep going, you know? Or if just just accept it, maybe if I could write it down, scribble it down in my phone um, and then keep going. Yeah. But to be out there for that long really taught me to 
embrace that those uncomfortable parts of me. Mm. So sitting with a lot of these emotions and going and and like I said before about talking to kids is going, um, what is it? What am I housing? Where is it? Really being curious and investigating what's coming through. Mm. Not just trying to deal with the symptom of it. Yeah. Like try and really scratch and get into the the depths of what it is. And not going, oh, I'm anxious, so I just move and get rid of it. Mm. Like how quickly yeah. can I get out yeah, of this? It's like yeah. Oh, okay, I need to do some work here. Yeah. And it might be yeah. three minutes of work. It might be 30 seconds. Yeah. Or it might be three days. Yeah. Or ongoing, whatever. Yeah. But really be curious and and sit with it. Mm, yeah. Because I think we're, or for me especially, like I was so fixated on fixing symptoms. And I can see that in the wider conversations I have is we're all trying to fix symptoms, maybe not embracing what's underneath that. Yeah. And that's really important. And we only find that when we remove all the distractions that we lean on. Yeah. Whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. For me, it was everything. (laughs) (laughs) How hard, how fast can I go every day of every waking minute? So to to be in, as I said, I'm very grateful for having the space to just be in Tasmania like that and not have to worry about anything and just walk, explore uh, Mother Nature, really grieve out there mm, uh, mm-hmm. accept the griefing process and what that looks like for me for that relationship um, or those two separate relationships because they were different but like it's so I could I just think everyone needs to to find space to just do that on their own find a little bit of you time without anything else because it's one thing to do it and share it with someone which is a heavily one i want to do i want to walk the earth and explore this beautiful place i want to share it with you let's go like let's look at each we other we have and talked like, about that before <laughs> uh, and we're going to do it yeah yeah like there's nothing like standing on top of a mountain you've just climbed for eight hours and then just going I'm yeah human being up here and then you look to your left and you've got some beautiful soul and we just look at you we're out here there's no one else here yeah like that's special it's special yeah. to do it on your own and go i've I've done the work to be here physically and maybe even mentally if you've had to talk your way through something challenging like a climb or just to be in your own company. Yeah. But if you've summited those uncomfortable feelings, yeah, that's beautiful to share with someone, but there's a equal beauty in doing it on your own. Yeah. I love all the contrasts of what you've done and what you're going through. And yeah, it's it's, it's so cool. It feels cool. So I've got a a heavy love for mother nature and like this, Part of me is split going, okay, I need that more. And there's all these beautiful places around the world. I will go and make time to see the communities to walk through and live with and walk and and hike and climb. But the large part of me as Matt right now, the two feet and heartbeat is to be here in Melbourne and establish whatever this bigger journey looks like for me. But to spend, it was ultimately eight months in the end, in Tasmania, mm. climbing, walking every day, sitting at different secluded beaches and yeah. experiencing the different wildlife, the different weather climates. Because Tasmania, if anyone doesn't know, for such a small state, every, all four corners have different weather systems. Mm. They've got different terrains, different fauna, flora, different animals. Yeah. Like the stuff I saw, like, I'm like, no one's going to believe what I've seen out here. Yeah, it's cool. And photos don't do it justice. Yeah, yeah. We try, but it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Let alone yeah. stuff like, um, like wedge tail eagles. I don't know. Mm. I was not a bird person. I, I, they're out there, cool. But to be walking in the next minute, there's like a, a two wedge tails eagles overhead, that wingspan of like two to three meters because mm. they're huge over there. And then nerding out about the fact there's only like 298 ones in the state, so they hunt in pairs and yeah. like 
these things when they land, they look like small people. Like they stand upright, they're like 1.2 meters tall. Wow. And it's like, that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to believe I've just seen this thing. Yeah. And then it takes off and it's like a time stops. Yeah. Just to be like embracing what I've just had the opportunity to experience. That's so cool. There's so much of that. Like I could nerd out. This could be a 400 hour podcast <laughs> <laughs> on boxing or all this kind of crap. I know. There's but, so many. Like even when I invited you in, I'm like, there's so many areas uh, we can go. So, but yeah. And yeah, Tasmania gave me a really special moment in time to heal, to learn, um, and to reflect, um, I think everyone needs to find whatever that space is, wherever that is. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, Matt, I know um, we're getting close to the end of our time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know that there's five questions coming. Are so, you ready? No, never. <laughs> no, nah, what do you got? All right, so the first one. So just go with your gut answer. Yeah, like, that's you what know. you're going to get. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, so the first one is, what did you want to be when you were a kid? I don't know. Awesome. I still don't know. I'm a 37 year old yeah, yeah, kid. Yeah. No idea. No, I actually love that because I feel like it's almost um, sometimes, you know, ingrained at us because we're getting asked all the time. Yeah, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think. So we feel like we've got to have an answer. No, and I, and I really do try and think about because I've listened to most of your podcasts and I do, <laughs> I do love what you do. And I've like, I'm always curious about other people's answers. I'm like, I never was that kid. I was like, I want to be a firefighter or I yeah, want to be like yeah. a doctor. Like, I don't, don't remember. Yep. I just wanted to be happy. Yeah, yeah. I was yep. a joyous kid. I was a quiet kid. Yep. I loved music. Um, I loved like the things that I do now in my life, which I'm so thankful for. But I never had a desire to be a specific thing. Yeah. I still don't. Yeah. I just want to be, I, I no, it's a lie. I want to be happy. I just want to yeah. be joyous. And yeah. Awesome. Wherever that takes me. So no particular career for, I remember. Yeah. That's awesome. Because yeah. I feel like you're getting back to it now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kid. cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the second question is, what are your two top values? Yeah, I really allowed to choose two. Two only. Yeah, deliberately. Make it hard. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to answer sitting in this chair right now because I guess this is one of those things, hey, if I looked at five years ago, 10 years ago, they would mm. all change because we grow and yeah. things evolve. Um, I'd say right now where I sit, my gut's given me, like this is off the bat, um, compassion. Mm. Ah, compassion and love. Awesome. I could say like two only. I could say empathy. I could no, say you're not patience. Allowed to say more. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. I've said what is say? Compassion and love. Yeah. Love that, that's. Yeah. If I can, yeah, they're the. Th- if I if I turn up into any situation with those. Yeah. That's, that's me. No, I love that because it's like for others, but also for self. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And whatever that looks like. Yeah. yeah awesome. Well. Can't change cool. the answer. <laughs> I just started rattling them off. I'm like, no, stop. No, it's what it is. <laughs> right, what you got? All right. Third question is the fun one. If you were going to have a boxing fight, oh. what, if, <laughs> what would be your walkout it's, it's song? It's been a while. Oh, jeez. All right. Um, okay. So I love, I grew up on like punk rock and hardcore music. Yeah. Um, high energetic, fast paced stuff. So I know the wider community, if they listen to it, they're like, ooh, what is that? <laughs> so, but as in Australia, to not blow more time out of this podcast, but in Australia, we have such a beautiful community of hardcore bands. Yeah. Iconic, long lasting longevity. So there's a band called Mind Snare. They've been around for 30 years. If anyone knows that band, you will know what it's like to have a band walk on stage and watch hundreds of people in a room destroy each other in the most loving, beautiful, energetic, <laughs> high. It looks like... It looks like a war zone, yeah. but everyone's actively having fun, picking each other up. Like it's a sea of bodies, where yeah. men and women. This band, Mindsnare, are iconic to the Australian hardcore scene. They have a song called Bulldozed, which is the minute that song starts, I go from zero to a billion. 
<laughs> on any given day. So if I was had to walk out to the ring again and had the song play, I reckon that would be it. Awesome. Yeah. Love that. Um, fourth question is, if you could collaborate with anyone, dead or alive, on any project you want, who would it be? Collaborate with... Uh, I loved your guest's answers for this. And I just gave it time to think and then you kind of just... I didn't want to pre-plan answers. Yeah, yeah. There's so many people it's alive tough, and it? past. Yeah. Can, can I go dead or alive? Yeah, yeah. It's dead or alive. Yeah. Robin Williams. Oh, amazing. Yes. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did not see that coming. That's cool. A unique man who lived a beautiful life of, yeah, yeah. Robin yeah. Williams. I can see that. <laughs> I'm like, I want to. Like, Don't blow it out. We got time limit here. Robin Williams and. Oh, it's, is it cliche to say Muhammad Ali? I think I'd love to stand in the in, in Muhammad Ali in his prime mm. to experience that man's energy in close proximity yeah. would be beautiful. There's yeah. a lot about him that's beautiful. There's a lot about him that was not so beautiful. Mm. Um, we're humans. That's the, the beautiful human experience. I'd say I'd love to be able to just be in that, that close proximity, feel that energy mm. of that man's charismatic sort of personality. Yeah. If I could swap him out, I'd put in Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Robin Williams and Nelson Mandela. Yeah, awesome. Two, two solid, beautiful humans I think would be fun to collab with. Yeah. I'd get them both in the ring. I'd want to venture there. <laughs> you know? Hey, it's a collab. I could do whatever, right? Just so, all cards from him, hey? Well, Nelson Mandela had a boxing history. Anyway. So um, I, uh, those two are my answers. Awesome. And the final question is, if you could make one recommendation that anyone could take as a step towards healing, what would it be? Be curious. Mm, love sit, that. And be curious and whatever that gives you, sit with it. Yeah. As hard as we're human and it's fine, embrace that clunkiness. Sit with it. Whatever comes up, embrace it. Love Good, that. bad, or indifferent. Yeah. Once we do that, we'll find a way. Love that. That's be really powerful. Be curious. Awesome. I'm going to cry. That's <laughs> <laughs> <you> again. <laughs> I love it. That's no, great. Uh, it's so good. Um, but before we wrap up, Matt, I just like I know you're like going to be super busy, and you might be like, "Why did she say this?" But if people wanted to find you, if they want to train with you, they want to connect with you, um, is there a way they can do that? Yeah, of course. So I'm located in Brunswick. I'm with the beautiful business of Tribute Boxing, which you do know. Um, they are incredibly supportive of me and my personal ventures. Um, so if you want to train purely boxing, if you want to come and explore this funny wholesome world with me of where i'm headed um my instagram is uh, mr matt rad with like underscores so or just go to the tribute page you might find me on some of their stuff but please come and have a chat have a coffee have a high five have a hug pass pass by in a momentary moment and that'd be that'd be beautiful so awesome. if, I, if i can be anything for anyone that's where you can find me awesome and we'll put some links so that people oh, cool. can find you if you uh, like. <laughs> awesome well thanks so much matt it's been a pleasure this was so much fun you've got a beautiful space i love that you're dead i love watching you dedicate time this as i said this made me super nervous to be here poster syndrome all that jazz uh, but as I, I told you i get nervous before every episode uh, <laughs> i i appreciate you so much oh thank you so much matt likewise cool, right cool, back cool. at you let's go on a uh, jump in that ocean. yeah so i am um, this is going to be a new thing too so if anyone's going to be on my podcast next um, I've convinced Matt to have a cold dip with me now. Yes, <laughs> so we're going that's going to be a new thing. If you want to record an episode, you have to cold dip after. That's the prerequisites. Sign <laughs> up, sign the waiver. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big thanks love. so much. Thank you, wonderful listeners, for making it right to the end of the podcast. We appreciate you. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe, give us a rating. 
We'll be dropping a new episode roughly once per fortnight, so you can stay tuned for the next one. Thank you.